Uh, welcome to the Average Joe Jiu-Jitsu podcast, episode 18. I am here with Scott, with Scott Shetler. Uh, Scott is the owner of Extreme Performance Training Systems, also known as EPTS Gym, and is a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Chris Jones, who is the founder of Nucleus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Norcross, Georgia. Scott is a vegan iron addict and a practitioner of Tai Chi and, Qi, and Qigong, and Scott is a U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, you might also remember Scott from episode three of the podcast, where we went into great depth and detail into the conjugate method. Uh, Scott, thanks for coming back and talking to me again today. Hey, thank you, man. I, I appreciate you having me back on. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun the first time. We're going to make it even more fun the second time. So, but like, like I said, everybody, if, if you have any questions about the conjugate method and, and how it's set up and what it's based on, then please go back to episode three. And we did a, uh, we did a couple hours on that, which is a long, long conversation on that. Uh, but today we wanted to focus on uh, recovery for what we'd say the, uh, I don't want to use the word older. I want to say the, the, the more seasoned athletes of the, the more 40, mature, the more mature, the more mature it. practitioners. Yes, yeah. yes. The 40 plus group. So, uh, you know, Scott, so what are, what are some ideas you were thinking about when we had that conversation about? Yeah, no, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of times I've noticed particularly, you know, a lot of people that I talk to who, mm-hmm. uh, who are into training, you know, who are into jujitsu and stuff like that. You know, one of the things that comes up quite a bit is they notice, you know, particularly if they're like me, they start doing jujitsu a little bit later. You know, I started mm-hmm. when I was almost 44, mm-hmm. um, but I had a really good strength foundation. But even when I started, I noticed that my, my lifts went down, my strength mm-hmm. went down, mm-hmm. you know, and that just, it, it comes the idea that you really can't serve two masters. You know, right. I mean, if you think you're going to become a powerlifting champion and, and an IBJJF champion simultaneously, you know, it's just not going to happen. No, no way. Um, so, and, and particularly like, you know, the, the younger, the younger crowd, you know, the guys that are trying to really high level, I, th- I think of people like Dante Leon and stuff like that, who, who, who crush it in the gym and they're training hard all the time, you know, they've got different recovery uh, abilities than somebody who's doing jujitsu and they're, you know, early, mid forties, fifties, you know, even Mm sixties. So you just have to be, we have to be a little bit smarter with how it doesn't mean we can't train hard. We just have to be smarter about how we train. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a a couple of guests that you've had on recently, you know, Josh Settledge and Mm -hmm. Joel Blanton, Mm -hmm. you know, both of them were talking about, you know, Josh made a great comment about how, um, you know, training frequency, uh, how, you should train as much as you're able to recover from. And I remember Joel talking about, you know, recovery being, you know, one of the the, the key factors that that's often overlooked. And I, I just really liked and appreciated those comments, mm. you know, because yeah. and Joel's, you know, kind of in our, our age, I know Josh is <laughs> right. a little bit younger, but yeah. Yeah. but he's, he's a little bit more seasoned, you know, like us. Yes. Um, so you, you definitely feel it, you know, I mean, we, the, the fact of the matter is we don't bounce back, you know, no. after a hard training session, like we used to, we don't, you know, we, we don't recover easily. We require, you know, more sleep. We require better mm. focus on nutrition. We require mm. smarter training, mm. you know, and, and it, it, it can be, you can really shoot yourself in the foot if you think you're going to get in there and just crush heavy squats and heavy mm-hmm. deadlifts mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. and you're going to go roll, you know, 30, 60 minutes, hard rounds, you know, mm-hmm. every day, you know, right. it's just not going to happen. No. And it doesn't mean we can't train every day. It means we have to be smart about the intensity of our training sessions. It means we got to be smart about when we push into the weights. It means we got to be smart when we take those harder roles and, and we, mm-hmm. when we turn it up a little bit on the mats and we got to know when to dial it back. And, 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 and a lot of that comes with just accepting the fact that we don't recover, you know, like somebody younger and mm-hmm. that we got to stick the ego in the back pocket, you know, and not compare right. ourselves to the the 20 year old training partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, even, 
I mean, even like, like when I was talking to Carl a couple of weeks ago, Carl Bravick, you know, he doesn't even lift weights and he still limits his hard rolling to two to two, maybe three days a week, you know, for recovery purposes, you know, so he'll go in the other days and he'll just drill or, you know, not train as hard, you know, but he sort sure. of saves it up, you know? Um, and I found, I don't remember if we talked about this last time, I think, no, I don't think we did because when we talked last time, I was barely getting back into jujitsu. So my, my lifts were actually, hold on a second. Let me let my dog out of the room again. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. So my lifts were actually like much higher than they are right now. Like, yeah, I was, remember you, you were, you were yeah. kicking things back up. Yeah. Yeah. I was really like during the pandemic, cause I was just lifting weights. I was getting my, my, my loads up you know, higher to closer to where they used to be. Not, not as, not as high as they were when I had my thirties, but, um, but much higher than they are right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The, the, the going back to jujitsu and really starting to train again, you know, multiple days a week, it smashed my lifting. It really yeah. did. I'm, I'm down, down to like lifting two days a week. Uh, which, which feels manageable. I almost feel like maybe I could get a third day in, um, but the strength levels are not the same in certain lifts. I mean, like things like pull-ups, I can still do pull-ups, like 10 pull-ups. So I can still, you know, do multiple push-ups. but it seems like, like my max, like, like the stuff that really taxes your central nervous system. Those yeah. are the kind of lifts that went down. Like, sure. like that's where I feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's the, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about conjugate, you know, last time I was on, cause it's mm -hmm. a, it's a training method, you know, we're both very familiar with mm -hmm. and both kind of uh, subscribe to. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, one of the reasons, you know, may, maybe same reason as you, but one of the reasons I like it so much is there is so much variability as far as the programming goes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's perfect. It's a perfect way to train, you know, for people like us who we want to get in the gym, we want to train regularly, we want to, mm -hmm. you know, working with jujitsu. It's something that you can adjust on a weekly microcycle. You know, we don't have to block out these, these long, progressively, you know, heavier, mm -hmm. you know, blocked mm -hmm. out training, training, uh, 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 training, uh, cycles. And, um, the, the, the thing that, you know, the, like the max effort method, you know, for mm -hmm. instance, I think that's one of the things, you know, you, you talk, you just made a comment about the central nervous system, mm -hmm. you know, going and trying to crush those really heavy deadlifts mm -hmm. and those really mm -hmm. heavy squats mm -hmm. that just, I just don't think that's in the cards a lot. You know, if you want to go in, you go on to get really hard rolls because right. you, you need recovery time you know, from that, and even when, mm -hmm. when, if you were just powerlifting, you know, you still need a good, you know, two or three days in between those max effort sessions for your body to recover. So the idea that, you know, you're going to go hit a max effort deadlift on Monday and then go roll on Tuesday hard, yeah. you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to be feeling it. You know, it, it's, it's not something that you're going to be able to recover from and perform really well, especially if you try to do it weekly, you know? Right. And I agree. And I actually have gotten to the point where I don't do singles anymore. I don't do anything below a, below a triple now. And I try to stay around fives because I feel yeah. like it's like, and even when I do that, like, let's say I'll pull a triple, I pulled like a triple or a five with trap our deadlifts last week for my max effort lower body. And yeah. it was, it was challenging, but it wasn't like a real max effort. And so I lifted yes. it out. I was like, I could build on that later and it's not going to destroy my central nervous system. And it's still a decent amount of weight so that I know my strength st still at a certain range that it's, it's, it's there. I mean, I don't have well, to kill myself. And you still have, you know, you still have metrics of strength improvement there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like say we, uh, you know, one of the things that I like to do on the, on the, on the max effort day mm -hmm. is I like to have people 
work up to a triple or a five, like mm -hmm. you, I've, I'm spending, a, I'm hanging around fives a lot more mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. I like to have people work up to a triple or a five, but I like to tell them, keep a rep or two in the tank. You know, yeah. don't make it a grinding, you know, I, I want to see those trip, that triple, or I want to see those mm -hmm. five. I want every rep to be the same speed, mm -hmm. right? Nice. I, yeah. I, I want you to own every single rep. I don't want to see like, you know, three solid four, uh, five, man, yeah. oh, you know, push, you know, get it yeah. because that, that's still, that's still a little bit too much strain for what I'm looking for. Right. But if we do a, if we do a low box, you know, a low <laughs> box safety bar box squat, right. Mm -hmm. And you go to a five. And you own that five reps, you know, you mm -hmm. kill it and you're like, dude, mm -hmm. I could have got seven or eight. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Next time we come back to it, you're going to try to break that by five or 10 pounds. And you know mm -hmm. what? You got stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, yeah. you don't have to, you don't always have to test your strength with a one rep max, you know, to, to show strength increases. If we add five to 10 pounds to that low box safety bar box squat, every single time you come to it, you know, mm -hmm. with, with reps that you're owning and eventually mm -hmm. maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth time you come to it. Yeah. And then those reps are starting to slow down. Mm -hmm. Well, we just got, you know, months, you know, we, we just got four or five months worth of that exercise before it really started having a deleterious effect on your central nervous system. Right. You made progress, you know, it might not be the same as, is crushing that one rep max all the time, you know, mm -hmm. but you're training for jujitsu. You're not training to be a power lifter. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in my, in like, I used to do a lot of one reps, but I think there was more ego yeah. than anything else. I think that was me just trying to like, you know, lift as well, much it, as I could. And and it's fun. And it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> doing one rep maxes is fun. And it doesn't take a lot of energy as far as like, you know, doing a set of 10, you know, kind of thing or 15. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it is more fun. And and uh, and maybe, you know, you're a person who, you know, has a certain type of, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, fast twitch or slow twitch, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, genetic makeup that makes you, you know, you're just better at doing max effort lifts than you are to do endurance type or repetition. And it's just more fun. But yeah, I, I got to a point where I was like, this is just too much. It's just burning me out. It's destroying my body. I got to, you know, figure out a way to still work out effectively as I get older now that I'm 50 yes. and, and, uh, but still have fun with it and still make improvements or keep myself, you know, feeling as young as possible. Um, yeah. and, and I really don't feel old. I mean, it's, that's the thing about it. It's like, I, or older, I still, when I roll, I feel okay. And I'm, I lift and I do all the stuff I do. I don't feel like I'm like falling apart or I'm some yeah. old person. No. So it's just trying to see myself in the mirror. It's when I feel like I'm old. Gray hair is popping up or right? on these videos and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. that's when, that's when I see it. I'll, I'll look at a picture of myself. Then I realize how old I am. But I don't feel that way, but, um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, what are some other ideas you've had for like max effort work? I've thought about like, even like, I, I've been playing around with the idea of like a 10 rep max effort, Yes. but then I'm thinking, well, is that more repetition method or am I, is that going to be too much volume? And am I going to start getting yeah, over that, I, I think that, that barrier? That falls under the repetition, yeah. uh, repetition method, you know, because mm -hmm. the repetition method is, is a set of, uh, a set of reps with a submaximal weight to mm -hmm. or near failure. Mm -hmm. Um, so when, when we're talking 10 reps, you know, I mean, a, a, anything over like, you know, six or eight reps or more, I would consider, mm -hmm. you know, that more repetition and, and what, well, why, why not? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're feeling particularly like, you know, I just mm -hmm. don't feel like going heavy today, mm -hmm. why not do a 10 rep set? Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. one more record mm -hmm. that you can keep track of, you know, right. and you can cycle it in on the days where you're not feeling like a five or a triple or something like that. Right. You know, right. I, 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 I do, I, I do like the idea of no matter how many reps we're going to do per set, I like, I still like the idea of going, 
uh, 90% perceived exertion. You know, mm. I, I, I still like saving that rep or two, you know, mm. regardless of mm. if we're going to go for a 10. Yeah. I, I think when you take it to the, to the brink and you take it to that, that grinding max rep, mm. it, it, it still can be hard, you know, even though it's not like the same as going out and killing a true one rep or a, mm. a triple or something like that. Mm. Um, because we're not going to be from an intensity standpoint, we're not going to be at 90% or above of a one rep max. If we're doing a 10, mm. it's still, you know, that that's a hard effort. If you're going mm. to a, a, a true 10 rep max, mm-hmm. you know, not only do you have the, the volume accumulation from the, the, the 10 reps, but then if you're taking it to a true max effort, you know, or, mm-hmm. or a true, uh, repetition max, you know, that that's going to be quite stressful. So I like the idea of keeping a rep or two in the tank, you know, being fresh owning mm-hmm. every rep mm-hmm. and then just doing more weight next time, you know, and that yeah. shows that shows progress. So we can have multiple rep ranges that we work in on the quote unquote max effort day. And I, I mm-hmm. realize somebody that's not max effort. If you know max efforts, one rep, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, it, it's like, you gotta, you gotta keep things in context too, yeah. you know? So, so on the uh, near max day, we'll call it, or the sub max day, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, on that day where we're not doing the dynamic effort work, where we're pushing a little bit heavier weights, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways that we could cook it up. And one of the things that I've been experimenting with late, lately is making the lift variations so hard that I can't use a lot of weight. Like I think last yeah. time we talked, I, if, if you remember, I was having some issues, uh, dual meniscus issues where mm-hmm. my knees were really killing me. Mm-hmm. So heavy mm-hmm. lifting was out mm-hmm. of the equation for a long time. Well, I, right. I got on, I got on a lot of, uh, you know, Ben Patrick's knees over toes training yeah. and dude, knock on wood, my knees feel like a million bucks right really? now. I mean, I, I'm a bit, I'm at about 90, 95%. <laughs> They don't lock mm-hmm. anymore. They don't, mm-hmm. I think they pop once in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my knees are feeling great. So one of the things that, that, that the knees over toes work had me doing was exploring really extreme ranges of motion that I wasn't used to, mm-hmm. but they're, they're also extreme ranges of motion that mimic a lot of the ranges of motion that we encounter in jujitsu. You know, I think of things mm-hmm. like a knee cut pass, right. going knee on belly, right you know, penetration step where we're driving that knee hard in front of the toe. So when you start doing split squats and squats like that, it dramatically limits. Like I had to go to body weight variations mm-hmm. and regressed variations that I built the strength and the capacity. But now that I can go, you know, flat foot, butt all the way down, you know, arch back and stuff like that. I've been doing some free squats. You know, I'll work those in on my max every day, you know, Buffalo bar, you know, all butt all the way down, hamstrings on the calves, heels mm-hmm. flat that's a variation. And mm-hmm. dude, I mean, coming back from that knee injury, a set of five at 145 was killer, you know, going all the way down, mm-hmm. sitting hamstrings on calves. But that's one more metric. You know, if I do 155 next time I come to that, I'm getting stronger at that lift. So I'll gradually work that up. And I mean, that 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 lift is, you know, one to 200 pounds under some of my other squat variations, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, th- there's a great example of how I can minimize the load while still making the effort the same. And that's one of the things, if you think, you know, Louis Simmons always talked about, you know, when he was referring to the max effort method, mm-hmm. he was talking, he always talked about the, the strain, you know, and, and he always used the example, like, you know, he'd say something like, uh, you know, that the, the body doesn't know the lift, the body only knows the strain, right? So if it takes right. you eight seconds to complete the lift, it doesn't matter if you're doing a low box squat with like 550 pounds or, or, or a parallel box squat with 650 pounds. If it takes you eight seconds to complete each of those reps, mm-hmm. it's going to make you stronger. You know, he always say like, if I got in a fight with that person, I got in a fight with that person. They both beat me up. You know, I don't even know you need to know your names. All I know is right. I got beat up twice. Right. right. I, I always like that. You know, so he always talked about, you know, strength being measured in time, not in weight. So if I could find a way to get more out of less weights, 
why not? You know, yeah. and my body feels a lot better. My hips aren't locked up after mm-hmm. those squats and things like that. So that's one of the other things, you know, we talked about, you have some different rep ranges you can work mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. try to find a way to make those lifts hard. And I'll tell you what, from, from a jujitsu standpoint, mm-hmm. I think we need to spend that, you know, that there's a case to be made for spending some time in those extreme ranges of motion, because when you look at our joint angles during some, you know, jujitsu attacks during guard, you know, things like that, we're getting into some really deep knee bends, some deep mm-hmm. hip bends, and we're getting into some, so why not build strength through those extreme ranges of motion, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of, a uh, lot of validity to doing that. And then, mm-hmm. man, the body just doesn't feel as trashed as it does, you know, doing a different variation that allows you right. to use much, much more weight. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, actually, I do have, I was doing a, I have my right knees tweaked a little bit where it's like most like 99% of the time, I don't feel anything. But if you like, really smash it and compress it and bend it like a knee, yeah. a knee slice or whatever, sometimes or go over, I don't know, you could be breaking guard and coming over the top to go to like uh, reverse Ashi or something. Sometimes yeah. it'll pop a little bit. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of nervous with it sometimes. And sometimes I'll only enter on certain sides or certain techniques to just avoid that position. Um, but knees over toes guy, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Did you like buy a book by him or did you just start following his Instagram stuff and doing it? How yeah. So I, I, I actually, it was kind of funny. Um, I mean, I, I heard his, uh, I heard his interview on Mark Bell's podcast, okay, uh, well, like the first okay. time he was on there. Right. And, um, just coincidentally, my, my coach, Chris comes walking to the gym one day and we've got a friend, you know, one of his training partners from his Academy, this guy, Noah, mm-hmm. uh, Noah has a, uh, torn ACL and a torn meniscus, I believe in one mm-hmm. knee mm-hmm. and he's had some surgery on his other knee and he got turned on to Ben's stuff probably about three or four months before I did. Mm-hmm. And Chris came in and he was like, man, I saw Noah over at Helix, which is another one of our, our mm-hmm. sister academies. Mm-hmm. He said, I saw Noah over at Helix. And he said, man, <laughs> he was walking. Like you couldn't even tell, like, like Noah had that walk. Like you knew something was wrong with his knees. Right. And he goes, he looks great. And I said, well, mm-hmm. what's he been doing? He goes, ah, you know, that, that knee guy stuff or whatever. So I, I messaged <laughs> Noah and Noah's like, yeah, man. He goes, I've just been working like the ATG split squats. I've been working the single leg work. He goes, I got the, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing the, the animal mm-hmm. foot, you know, or the monkey mm-hmm. foot contraption and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to him and, and I started following more of Ben's stuff. I actually had one of my clients who signed up for Ben's uh, programming. Um, so we just started, you know, we've been working it in house and I just gave, so Ben's got three main progressions of his programming. He goes mm-hmm. from the zero program, which is body weight exercises, you know, the easiest variant you could do it anywhere. Basically all you need is a wall, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. in a flat, flat surface. Then he's got the dense program, which is where you're building uh, volume, you know, with some of his indicator lifts. And then he's got a standards program, which is where you're hitting very specific. Like he's got targets based on your body weight, what type of percentage you should be hitting on certain lifts. Right. And he, he teaches you how to cycle through those programs and stuff. But Mm -hmm. after doing about six or six or seven weeks of just the zero program, Mm -hmm. body weight only for, you know, for my lower body my knees felt amazing, wow. felt amazing. And, and like I said, after seeing, after seeing our friend Noah getting back to doing jujitsu and stuff like that with, mm-hmm. without issues with his knee, when he hadn't been rolling for like months, it, it that, that was a testimony right there. I'm all over and, it. Uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. And, and, and like I said, you know, he, he gets you into these ranges where, you know, I mean, the common 
fitness, you know, popular fitness belief would be, mm. no, that's bad for your knees. Mm. Well, it's bad for your knees because we never go into those positions, mm. you know? Mm. And uh, once you start training and, and, and his whole idea is we're going to build strength without pain, you know? Mm. So we need to regress this exercise to where you can get into that position with no pain. And then we build from there. And I think that tends to be a lot of our problems is we tend to progress stuff too quick because it's all about how much weight can I get on that right. squat bar? How right. much weight can I get on that deadlift bar? Well, why don't we go back and perfect movement and get really, really strong and build the capacity and then start loading, you know, let's get mm -hmm. the human movement down first and then let's start loading it, mm -hmm. you know, and it, 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 it really kind of changed, you know, and it's stuff that I've always known about, you know, I mean, I've been following Charles Poliquin forever. Poliquin is right. talking about this stuff forever. He just not in the same way that Ben approaches it, where Ben turned it into a system mm -hmm. for Poliquin. It was like, Hey, if you do a split squat, your knee should be way out over your toe. That that's a split squat. You know, it's right. not a lunge. It's right. a split squat. There's a difference, you know? And, uh, he had, he had talked about it forever. And even back then I was a little leery, like, I don't know, man, you hear bad things about it, mm -hmm. but, but it, it totally changed it totally changed how I view lower body training. And I particularly think when I start looking at sports, dude, athletes create massive amounts of force with their knee way out over their toe mm -hmm. on the ball of their foot. You know, mm -hmm. if you watch somebody do a true Hindu squat, mm -hmm. that's a perfect knee over toe, you know, rolling right. up on the balls of the feet, driving the knees forward. And, and, and these, these wrestlers were doing hundreds of repetitions all at once. Mm -hmm. If that was a, if that was a contraindicated position, there would be this massive, massive, you know, uh, uh, epidemic of people blowing out their knees, doing the, doing Hindu squats. And mm -hmm. you just never hear about that. Mm -hmm. And they probably have some of the strongest, you know, tendons and ligaments in their knees out of any, you know, athletes you would, you would mm -hmm. study. So mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot to it, but it's not diving into it too hard. It's taking the time and allowing the joints, allowing the connective tissue to, to adapt you know, to the ranges mm -hmm. of motion before you start loading it. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so, uh, the zero program is available on his website or something like that. He, he talks a little bit about it. You know, I mean, you, mm -hmm. you should be able to get enough, like from, you know, he gives out so much free information. Really just go but, to his website or something. Yeah. But okay. like he, he, he does his coaching program is only $49 and 50 cents a month, mm -hmm. you know, so you can sign up, you know, for a, mm -hmm. a month or two and get all the programming, but mm -hmm. he also offers like, you know, video feedback and things like that. Like he'll, he'll analyze your videos. It's a heck mm -hmm. of a deal for, 50 mm -hmm. bucks a month, but like, yeah, you could sign up for a month or two and, and get all the programming, you know, it, okay. it's all, it's all right there. The minute you log in, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. That sounds like a plan. Cause I, I mean, like I said, my knees aren't terrible, but if I can strengthen them back up now, I don't have to worry about it. That's even better. I, I think just having that peace of mind, like you mm -hmm. said, especially like, like for me, when I like, like, like you, mm -hmm. I go into certain Ashi Grami, you know, things like mm -hmm. that, you know, certain mm -hmm. ways you would grapple with your legs mm -hmm. that you get that lateral pressure on the knee, mm -hmm. you know, some things in half guard and stuff like that, mm -hmm. lockdown sweeps, you know, things mm -hmm. like any time where you've got that sort of torque on the knee, mm -hmm. I could never do it. Now I'm back to doing all that stuff. And that, that, yeah. that's a big part of my game. So, yeah. Yeah. I gotta be careful with some, like, like when people do lockdowns on me, if I'm inside their half guard, I, like on my right leg. Like I really got to be careful. Sometimes yeah. I'll just regress and back up and go a different direction yep. just to get out of it. Uh, uh, one other thing you brought up, I can't remember his name. His name's Alex. I can't remember his last name, but he's uh, the Alpha Destiny guy on YouTube. You ever heard of him? He's yeah. a conjugate guy. You check him out. He's, he's, he's an interesting character. Yeah. Um, I, I bought his book. It was actually pretty good, but uh, 
uh, it was interesting the way he did it. He does like these two full body workouts a week and they're extremely freaking high volume and long. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But, um, but he had some, some ideas too about less weight, you know, making, making lighter weights feel heavy, you know, we're getting, yeah. getting more out of lighter weight. And I thought about that too. I was like, you know, that's a good idea. You know, things like doing like, like he does the belt squat, but he does it the way I have to do it, you know, with like the, the dip belt yeah. and the plates and the whole thing. Um, and, you know, or like good mornings and things like that, that are, you know, you obviously cannot use as much weight, but you can still get a good stimulus out of them. And you actually posted something this morning where you will rotate the squat one week, the deadlift the next week and the good morning the week after, and then go back to the squat. So do you feel like when you do that, that your strength stays up on the, each particular lift? Like they all, they all just basically help each yeah. other. And that, that's good. actually like, I, that, that's not my thing. That's actually mm -hmm. uh, uh that, that's a Louie thing. You know, mm -hmm. he, he, mm -hmm. he would up and, 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 and again, things change so much up there. Like, you know, I, I know a while back, like, you know, when his, when his lifters were just killing the squat, mm -hmm. you know, their max effort rotation was uh, uh squat deadlift, good morning deadlift, you know, because they were mm -hmm. trying to bring the deadlifts up. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it has to be like, like if, if you're just killing the deadlift and, and your squat needs to be brought up, you might want to do, do a couple more squat workouts, you mm -hmm. know, but, but just doing that, that squat deadlift, good morning rotation, that's kind of nice because, you know, it, 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 it kind of breaks out those, those movements evenly and you don't have to, uh, you know, if you just want to push like that one hard set, then you don't have to worry about trying to beat that lift like the next week, you know, like a lot of times when we start yeah. out, you know, like, like we'll say go two to three weeks of a low box squat, then mm -hmm. go two to three weeks mm -hmm. of a deficit deadlift. you know, that, that way you're, you're cycling through lifts a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a nice change in stimulus. Um, and I, I just feel like it keeps a little bit fresher. And again, those three lifts all for the most part train the same muscles. Mm -hmm. So again, a strain is a strain. It doesn't matter if it's a, a if it's a, a bent knee, good morning. It doesn't matter if it's a mm -hmm. conventional deadlift or it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's a, a low box squat, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're really going to stimulate the same muscles. So mm -hmm. strains a strain, man, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and by hat, by working those good mornings in there, you know, it's going to really lower the, the load that you're able to use, which is mm -hmm. kind of nice. Cause like you just mentioned, you know, get more out of the lightweight, right. Mm -hmm. Find that harder movement. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I really like doing that. And, and actually, you know, there was a while where I was alternating where I'd squat and deadlift really heavy. So I would go squat, good morning, deadlift, good morning over a four week cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, once a month, I'd have my really heavy squat, my really heavy deadlift. And then I interspersed those good mornings in there where it was almost like, almost like a deload, but it wasn't cause I was still pushing the good morning hard, mm -hmm. but it limited the amount of, you know, so like if my, say my squat variation was in the mid fours, my mm -hmm. deadlift variation was like, like around five, mm -hmm. my good morning variations were going to be in the mid twos, you know? So, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, even though it was still a heavy, heavy effort, the amount of load I was actually moving was, you know, it was like half of what I was doing in those, those exactly. And, and that goes back to the central nervous system issue. Exactly. It makes exactly. It, it helps your central nervous system recover because you're not using nearly as much weight yep. or even, even using like a front squat, something or a zercher, something that, 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 and a zercher is an awesome grappling squat. It's a great variation. exercise. It's yeah. A great exercise. But you can't use nearly as much weight. Nope. So it's great. So it actually yep. helps you with that as far as more of like a recovery type week. And then you're still squatting and pulling every week because on mm -hmm. the dynamic effort day, you're still doing your, your yep. speed squats and, and, mm -hmm. or your speed deadlift, you mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, you're still, you're still getting the, the main movement once a week, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, and your accessories too, you know, you're still, mm -hmm. you're still doing those, those same movements, like the opposite of whatever you, you went crazy on. Exactly. Um, you know? Yeah. So um, there was something else I was going to say, and then it popped out of my head. 
I don't remember now. That sucks. Um, oh, we remember it was. No, the idea of the, the SWAT devil of a good morning. It just I like that it's just a basic rotation, just because like you're saying, if you're trying to get better for SWAT, well, I'm not a power lifter anymore, so I don't care. So yeah. for me, for jiu-jitsu, I think it's a good way to do it as far as you know, just hitting each one of those those movements and treating them as movements and just cycling them through. And I've done the I've done the two to three week, actually recently did it. And sometimes I have really good experiences with it, but sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, I'd like to rotate, you know, more frequently. I mean, my personal thing is I really like the, um, I like the, uh, uh, the variety yeah. of, of getting to change things up each week and you know, well, play around. And, and then you can also fill in the gaps on the supplementary exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the way that I lay out my, my training day is that you've got the main movements so on max effort day. It's the max mm -hmm. effort lift. Mm -hmm. Then you have the supplementary exercise, which is like, it supports the, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a cousin or, or it's, it's mm -hmm. a sibling to the max effort lift. Mm -hmm. And then the accessory stuff is mostly the single joint stuff that we're going to use to strengthen weak points. So if you do a deadlift, say, uh, as the max effort movement, mm -hmm. let's do some sort of squat or split squat variation as the supplementary exercise and vice mm -hmm. versa. If we're going to squat mm -hmm. for the max effort lift, let's do some sort of uh, pull or hinge, you know, like a mm -hmm. good morning or a, a, we're just not pushing it to a, a heavy three or five. We're going to do like yeah. maybe, maybe two to three sets of six to eight or something like that mm -hmm. heavy, you know, yeah. but, but not. And you can track those lifts as well, you know, so right. that when you cycle those in, you can break those records over time, whether mm -hmm. it's a six or an eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, man, I mean, it just, it, it provides like endless opportunity um, to, for, for, for progress because you can always have something fresh coming in. Mm -hmm. You can always, and, and, and I like coming back to something after four or five weeks and then trying to beat it by five pounds. You can't right. do that. Of course you can do that. Right. You can beat that lift by five to 10 pounds. If you're smart with your exercise selection, if you're mm -hmm. smart with your load selection, mm -hmm. if you're doing, you know, a training max versus doing like an all out snort pneumonia, getting psyched up, <laughs> you should have, you should have endless, you know, short of like getting sick, you uh -huh. should have endless, you know, endless progress. Endless micro progress. micro plates too. I bought a, I bought yeah. a set of micro plates. Those things are awesome. Little, yeah. Little tiny ones. You can just, you can always add something. I mean, even you know, a I, chain. I, I, yeah. I always loved how, how, how Louie talked about how smart uh, his bench press uh, specialist, George Halbert was him and mm -hmm. Kenny Patterson. Mm -hmm. He said they would, they would always hold up the two and a halves and they'd say, this is the plan. They, they called the two and a halves the plan. And mm -hmm. the plan was to break your max effort lift by five pounds. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you feel like you got 25 more pounds, you break it mm -hmm. by five pounds and then right. come back to it. Right. Come back to it. Don't, 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 just cash it all in on that workout. Uh -huh. Give yourself room to grow in it. Cause five pounds is a PR, mm -hmm. you know? And, and he would always say, people would say to him like, Oh, what's five pounds. He'd say, well, five pounds a month in a year, that's 60 pounds, you know? And he goes, mm -hmm. you might even pay me for that kind of progress. You know? Right. Right. And people just don't think about this stuff long-term, you know, that, that's, right. that's what drives me nuts about this fitness industry, especially the time of the year we're getting into closing in on the, the new year and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 12 weeks to this, 10 weeks to that, you know, progress overnight. It's like, no man, mm -hmm. this is like, slow steady right. long term we're doing this for life you know and 60 pounds is a lot i mean you think about it let's 60 just say pounds in a year is let's massive. say let's say you're benching 225 and then you're benching over 275 you know by the end that's of the year that's massive. Huge. huge that's massive yeah and it gives your tissues time to adapt mm -hmm. you can certainly get stronger faster mm -hmm. but how fast are you going to burn yourself out or how fast are you going to get injury you're gonna the get connective injured, tissues take mm -hmm. longer to adapt mm -hmm. You know, and that's another thing people don't factor in. And, and, and I think, you know, we, we saw this big boom in the power. I, I really quit following powerlifting myself, mm. but you know, there was this big boom a while back of these massive 
raw lifters that were coming in and just killing it. Mm-hmm. And just like every month they were getting stronger. Then they get injured and you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, gone are the days of the Ed Cones who have like 20, 25 year careers. Louis Simmons, mm-hmm. a 30, mm-hmm. 35 year career. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are coming out and killing it for like a year, year and a half. And then they're gone because they get an injury or, you know, whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. I want, man, I want longevity. Right. You know, I, I want to be able to train like this till I'm 70, 80, you know, 90, exactly. God willing, hundred years old. Yeah, exactly. And that's my goal too, at least a hundred, you know, it's, it's, but that's it. It's like, it, it's, it's just doing it to keep yourself in one piece and keep yourself healthy, you know, and, that, and that's yep. the difference, you know, when you, you have to change your expectations and your mentality and your reasons why your why is really important. Like, right. why are you doing you know, it? We say, I, I don't, I don't got out. Out, mm-hmm. out lift you i got out last you that's right that's <laughs> right but it's about the why for me i mean that's my thing it's like why am i doing this because i'm want to keep myself in one piece because i want to do jiu-jitsu because i want to feel like that i'm not broken you know and yeah you want to feel good after jiu-jitsu and man you want to yeah. make progress you don't want to go in and roll and be like man i got to watch that shoulder i got to watch that right. knee i got to watch that you know yeah i mean but even about i mean just in life in general i just want to be able to feel like you know that i feel good I don't want to feel like I'm broken, you know, yeah. um, and, and it is. And there's even studies. It was a gentleman's name and a camera's name. And he was on Joe Rogan. I was just flipping through YouTube yesterday and I saw him come up and I have to go back. And when I when I find it, I will actually, I might be able to figure it out if I go on here really quick. Just give me one second. I'm sorry. But yeah. this makes, this just... All right. Was Peter Adia. Yeah, A-T-T-I-A. And uh, Peter Atia, I think. Atia, yeah, Atia. Yeah, and thank you for correcting me in my bad pronunciation. Atia, uh, he's a, he did, I guess he did some studies. I have to go back and look at it. I want to check it out. But he was doing some studies about longevity. And he was talking about, you know, the, it's you, you should have strength training involved in it. You should have cardio, you know, like to get your cardio up to like, you know, four times a week for 45 minutes, you know, yeah. a certain decibel above that, you know, all those things like add, add years to your life. Yep. And, you know, and that's my thing. You know, I mean, I do, I do do it for jujitsu obviously. So I can try to hang with the young guys, but I mean, I also, it's just for my longevity. I just want to live sure. as long as possible. Yeah. And, and cardiovascular is so overlooked, like a, mm-hmm. uh, aerobic, like aerobic energy system mm-hmm. training is so important and it's so linked to longevity. Uh, mm-hmm. Joel Jameson is another one who talks a lot about, mm-hmm. Uh, cause he, he, Joel's really big into uh, tracking HRV. He's got a great device that tracks HRV and stuff. And he's, he's talked about, he's seen studies where people that are more aerobically fit with higher HRVs, I think they have something like up to, you know, seven more years of longevity, you know, based on studies or something mm-hmm. like that. You know mm-hmm. I mean? That that's massive, man. Right. That's massive. I mean, you can't go out and do, do three to four low intensity aerobic sessions, get your heart in that, you know, 130, 150, you know, three, mm-hmm. four times a week. That that yeah. literally requires zero recovery. That's like a recovery mm-hmm. workout. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go do that. I mean, then then longevity is not that important, apparently, right? I mean, that, that's see, something that's, easy to do. That's the kind of thing. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I even have a bike in my garage now. So it's like, you know, yeah. it's like I no excuse. Like I said to you, we were sure. talking off the air for everybody that's listening, and we were talking about things like uh adding in like neck harness training and grip training and things like that, that are like, that, that take hardly any throw, recovery. Throw 10. Yeah. Yeah. Throw a yeah. 10 or a 20 pound weight vest on and go for a walk. 
yeah. put a podcast in, you know, your yeah. heart, like I, I throw a 20 pound weight vest on, mm-hmm. I go walk for 30 minutes. My heart rate's right up around 130, 135. If you're mm-hmm. doing a nice brisk pace, you don't have to mm-hmm. go out and run and, and, mm-hmm. and have that impact on your mm-hmm. joints, mm-hmm. get your heart rate up into that aerobic training zone. It's easy yep. to do, man. Yep. Yep. I did it all last year, but I was just saying that, you know, like doing the things like the neck work and the grip and all that, it's really, my only excuse is laziness because it's all right here. Yeah. I have it all right here in my house. I just got to go do it. And, uh, you know, so, so you were saying that you'll add it in between clients. You're just at the gym. You just, you just grab stuff like your neck harness or whatever, or, uh, I can pop out. Yeah. That's simple, man. Hold on. We just, we get an interruption on oh, your back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for us a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, well, you know, cause like I was telling you, I mean, I mean, I'm in the gym every day, you know, I'm in the gym yeah. six days a week. Um, so it's, it's very easy. Like if I've got a spare, you know, 15, you know, 20 minutes to go knock out a few sets of grip, a few sets of neck, you know, mm-hmm. you recover from that mm-hmm. stuff really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do some extra ab and lower back work. You know, I can jump mm-hmm. over if my back's a little stiff, I can jump over, hit a couple sets of reverse hypers. You know, Louie talks a lot about these mini, like 10 to 20 minute workouts, mm-hmm. you know, to, to work on weak points and to build capacity and stuff like that. That stuff takes, you, you can recover and, you know, he, he says like 12 hours, you should be recovered from that type of work. Mm-hmm. So that that's stuff you can do. And that's where we can build, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be max effort and dynamic effort. Mm-hmm. You know, think about this, man. You know, you, you probably have these guys at the Academy that come in and they're, they used to be pretty fit, you know, and they, yeah, jujitsu, I want to do that because, you know, I'm going to work on my fitness. I'm going to mm-hmm. learn some self-defense mm-hmm. and something mm-hmm. cool to do. And uh, they're not really lifting, right? They're coming in, they're doing jujitsu and that's a hell of a workout for a little mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. You know, then they start getting a little, uh, they start getting, you know, efficient, you know, their jujitsu start right. to get good. They've been training six, 12 months. And then they, they, they really need something to, to maybe start enhancing their fitness. That, that person could literally take a kettlebell, do a full body kettlebell circuit three times a week and think about how much benefit they're going to get from doing that. Mm-hmm. They don't need to go get a barbell and do deadlifts and all that stuff. They get a 16 kilo kettlebell and they do some goblet squats. They do some clean impresses. They do some snatches and some mm-hmm. swings, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes, three times a week. Think of the boost they're going to get in their fitness and their, their strength. I mean, they, they're going to be a different person, you know, in a month or two, when you roll with them, you're going to see improvements in strength. You're going to see improvements in capacity. That's not hard to do, no. you know? So, I mean, and, and I think that's the other thing we got to look at, you know, people like, like you and me, you know, we're used to, to the, to the barbell, the squat rack, the heavy stuff like that. But the, the, the average per the average Joe who's mm-hmm. doing jujitsu, they might not need all that, man. They, they no. might only need to go grab a couple of kettlebells and like a pull-up bar. And they, they'd have enough stuff right there to make massive improvements, right. massive improvements in their fitness. You know, we, we, there's this idea that, you know, you got to go train. like and, and honestly, I think the, one of the worst things you can do as a jujitsu uh, practitioner is to take a straight bar, throw it across your upper back and do squats. I, I think it's horrible for the shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're externally rotating that shoulder. You're loading mm-hmm. up that joint, mm-hmm. you know? So if you don't have access to like a belt squat or a safety bar, or something that's going to spare the shoulders. It's like, I would rather wear my shoulders out on the mats than doing a squat where I can find a better way to train my legs and still make my, you know, I could do pistol squats. I could do kettlebell front squats. I could do goblet squats. There's so many other ways I could squat and train my legs than just having to be a bro and throw that, that, that barbell on my back. Right. Right. You know? So we have to look at, you know, we've only got, we've only got so much mileage on our joints, you know, where do we want to put that mileage? You know, do, do, our fitness should be enhancing us, 
it shouldn't be competing with the sport that we train, mm-hmm. you know, for the same, for that same kind of mileage on our body. I, I, I want my treads right now to be on the jujitsu mats, not in the squat rack. You know, does that right. make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's like actually the gym where I train, uh, we have a rope to the ceiling and we have pull-up bars or kettlebells. We have soft uh, plyo boxes. And I'm thinking about starting to throw, like, you know, we get done with training and then we, we sit around, we talk or whatever, you know, you have some time. I'm thinking about starting to throw in like a 10 minute little thing at the end, yeah, do some rope climbing and a couple pull-ups and some kettlebells and just do a really quick little, put it like it together, like a, just a quick 10, 15 minute little thing and do it three times a week. It just says extra GPP. And look how much, you know, even if it was 10 to 15 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. you know, two, three times a week, mm-hmm. multiply that by 52 weeks. Mm-hmm. How much extra training did you get that year? And that's, that's yeah. what we've got to look at. Mm-hmm. We got to look at, we got to look at our, our, our total volume, mm-hmm. not, not just that, that one workout we get, we got to look at what mm-hmm. are we doing over the course of the year, mm-hmm. adding a tiny little bit mm-hmm. multiplied by three times a week, multiplied mm-hmm. by 52 weeks a year. Mm-hmm. That's massive, massive massive improvements in our total volume and people just don't think like that and and when you do you know you don't need to it's like we talked about earlier it's about putting that ego in the back pocket Mm -hmm. it's about making small sustained continuous progress Mm -hmm. and when you do that man the body adapts you know the joints adapt you're giving the tissues time to adapt and it keeps us training more frequently and that's what we want i would rather train frequently Mm -hmm. than train hard you know what I'm no, saying? No, that makes exactly. That makes a ton of sense. And you know, for for us, a hobby says that too. He said that on this interview with Joe Rogan. He was talking about you know, don't do your max. Do half of what you can do and just do it every day. And, exactly. you know, within, and within a year, you'll have you know x amount more volume than the person who did it one you know one day, maxed himself out, had to recover for four days and couldn't work out. Exactly. Know? So yeah, and it's same thing. Same well, how, thing. how do you get better at jujitsu? More mat time. Training. Well, if you're just going, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're going in one day and just, just mm-hmm. going level nine, you know, mm-hmm. all out death match with somebody, mm-hmm. when's the next time you're going to be able to roll again? You might need a couple of days off from that, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you go in and you're smart about your roles, mm-hmm. you work on some ta- technique, you do some mm-hmm. positional stuff. Yeah. Maybe you take that one hard roll, but then mm-hmm. if you're, if you're going to do like, we usually do about five or six, you know, five to seven minute rolls, a, mm-hmm. a, a session. You know, I, I, I've got enough gas in me where I could go hard. That one, that, that mm-hmm. one guy, that, that mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. wrestler, we got. I'm going to go hard with him. Then my other partners, I'm going to focus on technique stuff. I might do some mm-hmm. positional stuff. I might do, you know, you don't need to go level nine every single nope. role that you do, you know? Nope. I just don't. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I save that up. I, I go hard, like, you know, two max three days a week. Where I'll yeah. do you know some really hard rules, but other than that, and you're it's training like, jujitsu. What you said, like five six days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm training every day again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just awesome. don't train. I don't train on Sundays, but usually. But you know, but I, there was availability to do it, so it might happen. Who knows? But you know, it's. Uh, but that again, it's you have to be smart. You have to, you know. And I'm no expert, but I know from personal experience that you know you have to learn how to you know, manage your recovery, eat correctly, yes. get enough water, sleep, sleep's huge. Sleep's I, I, I finally, finally convinced myself of that. Like I didn't sleep last night very well and I didn't get a lot of sleep and I can feel it today. I felt it this yeah. morning when I went and trained. I mean, I did okay, but I didn't have a whole lot of energy. It didn't go all crazy when we were rolling live and everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I supposed to work out tonight, I lift. And I was like, mm, I think I'm going to do it tomorrow. You yeah. know, I'll do it tomorrow after I get nine hours of sleep tonight and then I'll be yeah. fine. And I can go train tomorrow and then I can go lift. 
do some um, stretching, you know, go mm-hmm. to bed, get a good night's sleep, recover. And then, yeah, you're, you're yeah. going to be better. You're going to be, your training's going to be better tomorrow mm-hmm. than if you say, no, nah, man, I got to get those lifts in tonight. Really? Exactly. Is that really going to help you? Exactly. You know? Have you ever done that? Where you, have you ever started to work out and just say like, this isn't happening today. I don't feel like it. I'm, and you walk away and you come back the next day and you have a great workout. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and yeah. I'll use that. That's why I'll, I'll use my warm up sets. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, if, if the bar doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. if 95 pounds doesn't feel right, you know mm-hmm. what, today might not be that day. Maybe I'm going to yeah. do some body weight squats. I might go, go drag a light sled. I might throw the weight vest on, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I might do some Indian clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might do, you know, that I, I'm, I'm going to focus on restoration today mm-hmm. and then, then, then I'll save it for tomorrow or, or right. the next day. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the same with jujitsu, man. You know, there's sometimes I'll go in, I'll be like, dude, it's just not happening today. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm, I'm going to play guard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on deep half today. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to work on control from the mm-hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to try to move as little as possible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, and, and I, I, I look at it like this, how can I get something out of this role without worrying about, you know, sweeping and coming up to a dominant position? What, 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 what could I do where I can conserve my energy a little bit? What, what maybe right. work on my defense today and still get something out of it, mm-hmm. you know, without going all out, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll go in and I'll do like, you know, having you know, like I'll focus on like, like sometimes I'll focus on a principle instead of a technique. I'll say like, yes. I'm going to focus on getting inside position today. I'm going to focus on getting to, you know, single AX as many times as I freaking can, or I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to let somebody mount me and I'm going to focus on my elbow escapes, getting to single AX yep. with a hill hook or, you know, or I'll say, take my back. And, you know, like, I don't know. Did you see that? Did you see that, uh, that video Gordon put out on BJJ Fanatics, like a commercial for that uh, body triangle escape he was showing? It's, uh, yeah, it's on yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw didn't that, see it, but I, yeah, I saw that and I looked at it for a while. And then I started going to the gym and I started charging people on my back. And I said, I go ahead and do a, do a body triangle and started working with it. I'm still doing it. And I'm starting to figure it out, but I just do things like that too. Like in the days I don't feel like going like, like crazy, you know, I figure out a thing I want to work on and I just work on that thing. Well, and that, that's like, that's like how, how you get better, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still new. I've only been training about three years, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's like, I, I know enough jujitsu now where, mm-hmm. where I know things I should be doing. I know things I should be working on, mm-hmm. but it's like, if I just go in and free roll all the time, mm-hmm. that's really not doing anything. You know, it, I, I'm not really focused on building skill. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. some things I'm going to get out of that, mm-hmm. but like, like my, I've got a great training partner, Scott Locker. Um, mm-hmm. we were working, uh, our, our coach, uh, one of our coaches, Ruth, she, she teaches one of our morning classes. We were going over, uh, it was a sweep from, uh, I think it was like a, or it was a guard, it was a butterfly guard pass or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, after, after we did our drills and our techniques, you know, he was my drilling partner. So he's my first role. And he goes, Hey, do you just want to work from that position? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, if you pass my guard, we reset if I, mm-hmm. you know, or, yeah, or if I, you know, yeah, yeah. Training, and yeah. dude, we, we, we spent a, like a seven minute roll doing that. And man, we both got a ton of reps and that was a yeah. great, great roll. You know, I, th- I think you actually get way more out of that than just rolling. Tell you the truth. I think that Absolutely. You know, that's how Hunter Gracie got as good as he did too. When he was living in London, he was only training blue belts, blue and white belts. He didn't have anybody else really. And so he did situational training and that's how he, you know, and then when he actually got, got close to the tournaments or the big, the big matches or whatever, he went to New York and trained with, with Enzo and the, and the team, but, sure, sure, sure. but but, you know, he did a lot of his training was, was situational training. And that's how he got so good. He focused on dif- on defense and situational training. Skill and- development. It's skill development and mm-hmm. it's repetition. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's, 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 
it's repetition with real resistance. Right. You know, and, and that's where it's different than drilling. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you drill, yeah, 50% yeah. resistance. The, yeah. the whole point of drilling is to, to figure out the nuances, mm-hmm. you know, but you've got to have that resistance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think a lot of times when we do situational training, um, the, the tendency to go balls out and just, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you know, it's not there because you got something you're trying to do. And I got something I'm trying to do. And we're mm-hmm. focused on those things. Mm-hmm. It's not like, Oh, Hey, there's an arm. I'm going to go for a Kimura. You know, yeah. it's not like that. It's like my goal is to get past you and your goal is to stop me from doing matters. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think, especially for, 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 uh, less experienced people like myself and a lot of my training partners, mm-hmm. that is, a. I think it's a lot more valuable when it comes to getting the benefit that you get out of the live training and the sparring, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's, I think for anybody, it's, it's very beneficial. I think it's, like I said, I, I, I think, well, live regular rolling is fun and it's got its place. Oh, it's, it's awesome no too, doubt. but, but I absolutely have, I mean, for years I've absolutely believed in situational training, but, but well, the biggest it's thing, like, are, are we competing or are we trying to build skill? We're, we're, we're going right. to, to train, to learn a skill. It's right. not about, you know, you, you tap somebody, you didn't beat that person. It's just training mm. it's skill you development. Know? and you got to get out of that. You got to get out yeah. of that mindset. Like I'm trying to mm-hmm. beat you by making you tap. Cause if you do that, you end up sticking to the two, three, four things that you do really, really well. Mm-hmm start working outside of that and start, you know, and, and at my level, I need to be trying a whole lot of stuff, learning a lot of different things and not just saying, Hey, that one thing works for me. It's like, I got, I got, I got to learn jujitsu. I got, I got to learn different positions. I got to learn different, you know, passes. I got to learn different, you know, but, but at the same time, situational, tra- situational training, I, I, I believe good advice that I give out based on my bad judgment in the past. I say, I base this on myself. For years, when I did situational training, you'd start with the technique. It doesn't work out because, you know, you just learned it, whatever. The other guy already knows what you're going to do. He's got his own setups in order to defend it. It starts going sideways right away. And then you revert back to your old shit because you want to win. Okay. Yep. So you don't want to like let it go and say, okay, I got smashed. And, you know, let's just reset and go. You have to, you have to be committed to doing the technique you're trying to get and not change for the sake of winning yeah. that i that that i think is where you get the most benefit of situational training is when you can put your ego aside and you don't care about getting smashed you don't I mean you don't want to get smashed but if no. it happens it happens so if but, it happens so what so right? what Big exactly deal. but what i'm saying is that you don't want to revert to other things just for the sake of winning you don't want you want to stick yeah. yeah you want to start you want to stick with the technique you're trying to develop and, and, yeah, it, I, and that I, training came gotta... good Oh, I was just going to say, I got a friend, Cody, um, mm-hmm. who's a brown belt up in New York. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually, he's, he's a monster. He's really into mm-hmm. grip strength. He does the mm-hmm. beyond the bend podcast. Okay. Uh, he's, he's a really cool dude. Um, he was telling me one time I, I was on his podcast and uh, you know, he said uh, a while back, one of the things that really progressed his training um, he took like a two month period and he said, I'm not going to go for one submission. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to do is work on, you know, my, my, my position, my transitions, mm-hmm. no, no submissions. And he's like, and you can't mm-hmm. tell your training partners, that's what you're doing. Right. You got to keep that to yourself. And, and he said, he did that. I think it was like a couple months. And he said, he experienced a massive, uh, a massive improvement in his training because he mm-hmm. just let the submissions go. And he just worked on, you know, position. He worked on transition. Mm-hmm. He worked mm-hmm. on control, all these other aspects. He's mm-hmm. like, when you just let go of the submission, that it's not even an issue, you know, you're mm-hmm. just working through all these other things. And he said he experienced a lot of, uh, a lot of progress really fast by doing that. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it's just, you just gotta be focused in it. And it can be hard training too. I mean, situational training can be hard. 
It can uh, be very hard. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be light or whatever. It shouldn't be. Sometimes, light. sometimes it's worse because it's like, you know, I'm trying to pass and you're trying to sweep and that's all we're doing. There's no opportunity to sit there and rest. There's no opportunity to, to get mount and take a breather. Mm-hmm. You're going and going and going. I, sometimes I find like I get, I get more gas doing that kind of stuff than I do just sometimes during a role where I can kind of control myself and control yeah. my pace. Yeah. I mean, especially like when you're starting like inside somebody's triangle or something like we did this yeah. morning, you know, we did that this morning, you know, we were starting a triangle and, and it's, it's like you either escape or you get tapped. So, you know, it's good stuff. So what else about recovery? I mean, we had, well, sleep's the biggest one. I think sleep's sleep, huge sleep's huge. The biggest and, one. and not just sleep, but consistent sleep, you know, yeah. it's not like yeah. getting eight hours, but it's getting eight hours. You know, if you go to bed at 10 and wake up at six, it's going to bed at 10 and waking mm-hmm. up at six, not mm-hmm. going to bed at 12, getting up at eight, going to bed mm-hmm. at 10, getting mm-hmm. up at six, mm-hmm. you know, consistency mm-hmm. is important. Yep. Um, you know, nutrition's nutrition is important. Yeah. Uh, making sure that you're getting, you know, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, mm-hmm. you know, proper hydration, mm-hmm. um, eating enough calorically, to recover, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times when people get stuck to a physique goal and they're reducing calories and stuff, they're not getting enough calorically to fuel their training. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's more about making sure that you have enough to fuel and recover from your training, you know, making sure you're just getting enough calorically, um, re- recovery measures outside of, you know, we talked a little bit about using restorative workouts, you know, lighter mm-hmm. workouts and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Things going, get some blood flow, get some recovery. That's great. Mm-hmm. Lower mm-hmm. intensity aerobic exercise. Great. Mm-hmm. But you know, other measures like things like, uh, uh, contrast showers, mm-hmm. ice showers, ice baths, um, heat sauna, mm-hmm. um, you know, stretching, uh, massage, you know, ther- you know, a lot of people are into the therapy gun, man, I got mm-hmm. a Theragun about a year ago and it, I, I use it almost daily. Um, you know, tissue health, yeah. uh, stretching mobility, mm-hmm. uh, breathing, you know, just, just sitting and, and, mm-hmm. and, and doing some breathing exercise or, mm-hmm. or meditation or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's something that's overlooked. You know, people get mm-hmm. so antsy and they get stressed and they, they breathe mm-hmm. short from their chest. No, just learning how to go back and doing some deep breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. I've looked a little into uh, Wim Hof and his methods. Yeah, uh, really yeah. fascinating stuff. Yeah, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of you know. So there's a lot of uh, things that we can do to enhance recovery. And I think you know one of the things that Joel Jameson was, had talked about. You don't want to do the same recovery measures all the time because the body's going to adapt to them just like it is your training. Right. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, you might use some recovery workouts, you know, you might, you know, then, then if you're really beat up, you might go into some contrast, you know, Mm -hmm. some hot, cold showers, Mm -hmm. uh, you might use some sauna, but you know, to just every day, like, Oh, I'm going to go to cryo. Then I'm going to go to sauna. Then I'm going to stretch Then I'm, you know, I mean, you don't want to use the same stuff all the time. But ha- I think having an arsenal of recovery measures that you mm-hmm. can easily implement, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's great to get a full body massage, but if you got to drive 30 minutes to go see a massage, how often are you going to do that? You know? Right. Uh, so I think it's having stuff that's easy, uh, easily accessible, something that doesn't require, it's like, well, man, I'm already putting an hour to two hours in training every now I got to put an hour into recovery, make sure that it's something simple that you can do on a, on a easy, easy basis. It's easily accessible for you. But there's a bunch of tissue therapy, you know, recovery right. measures and things like that, that people really should explore and find the things that really help them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find a, uh, an inexpensive tub for the back patio so I can do ice baths. I found, I found one on Amazon. It's like 60 bucks. It's like from Japan and it's inflatable, I think, or it has like a yeah. plastic frame to it. Um, and actually somebody else on Instagram is using it. So it might actually work. Okay. But try to find something. I've even thought about going to like, Home Depot and finding like a, a large trash 
like, yeah, like a 55 gallon, uh, like a big trash thing it's or something. Yeah. A big, big garbage can and just yeah. know, plastic can. I've seen people thing. do that. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I, I know a guy up in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. a gym and they got a, uh, they acquired an ice machine, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, with the mm-hmm. flip up doors, mm-hmm. they plug that in, fill that up with water, fill that up, but then they just sit in that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, we have that's brilliant. We have one at the gym. I found out this week. We actually have one there at, at the Academy, but I, my, my thing is like, I do things when I can fit them into my busy schedule. So usually if I have the thing at home, that's where I'm actually going to do it. Sure. it. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go train and then do, you know, a 15 minute kettlebell workout. Then I'm going to go, you know, do the ice bath and I'm just, I know I'm not going to do it. So, yeah. you know, I have to find a way so that it, it it's convenient for me to like put into my schedule so I can throw it in there. And some of those things that it's like doing them, you know, at home, like an ice bath. It sounds like something to want to do at home. Yeah, um, cold shower is easy. You know, you're, you're going to take a shower yeah. anyway, you know, finish with, you know, maybe five minutes. I, I've, I've done that. I've done that, but there's just something about submerging yourself in ice cold water. That is just like, that's gotta be a whole different sensation. So, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You know I, I, I want to try it. I want to, I want to mess, mess with it. Um, I, what else is there? Well, nutrition, I mean, like you said about like not eating enough, it's like, if you're hungry, just eat. I look yeah. at it like that. We're not bodybuilders. It's like, you know, no. and you got to have a good idea about what, what calorically you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you need to count out everything. You know, I think no. macros is kind of bullshit, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, unless you're like a bodybuilder or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. but you know, making sure that you're getting, you know, a good variety of proteins, carbohydrates, and mm-hmm. fats, making mm-hmm. sure that you're getting vitamins, minerals, and enzymes mm-hmm. and knowing like, like calorically like you know you can't eat like a bird and go train like a madman you mm-hmm. know i mean you've mm-hmm. got to put have some caloric density and make sure that your training's fueled and not just that you got enough to get through training but you've got enough to recover from training as well and that, mm-hmm. that's something that's overlooked it's like am i not only giving myself the energy that i need to train but am i giving myself the energy that i need to repair and recover post training mm-hmm. yeah and, and do you and do i do i take in enough water to be hydrated i mean i think yes. a lot of us are chronically dehydrated and i think yeah. that that and that will affect you in jiu-jitsu or weight training or whatever i mean if your muscles can't contract because they're dehydrated that's going to be a problem um, it also would affect your cardiovascular system as far as i understand and i think that things like uh like electrolytes sodium intake you know salting your food you know all these things are important you know i salt my food i don't you know, I have to worry about it so i just do it um i i got a good electrolyte powder i just throw in my water mm-hmm. and i just mm-hmm. sip it during during jujitsu training you yeah. know i mean and yeah it's just simple simple things mm-hmm. that you can do yeah yeah i mean it's like in, in eating it's like i just I try to keep the ingredients down to one, like oats, rice, meat, you know, vegetable, whatever. Um, And I try to do that. I mean, there's some bars that I eat that are like, what are those ones? Like they're like three egg whites, dates and whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those bars? Yeah. um, No BS ones or whatever. Yeah. 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 I I can't think of it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. There's, there's some good products out there that can make things more convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got, uh, there's a, I think the one I've been eating is, uh, it's a non, it's a non dairy. It's a a plant protein bar Mm -hmm. called no cow or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Very few ingredients, high protein Mm -hmm. tastes good. You know, it's Mm -hmm. chewy. It's not, not dry and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, And that's good to keep on hand if you need you know if you're going to be stuck you yeah can't get a good meal in or something like that i think that stuff can be mm-hmm. very beneficial i eat those i, I eat my snacks usually in the evening because yeah. it's something it's like it's it's not that bad for me and it tastes good 
and it gives me sort of like a dessert, you know, and, and, I, and I eat them too, because remember, remember I had that whey allergy, so I can't do like protein powders, most protein yes. powders. So, yeah. but they have egg whites in them for the protein. So I'm like, yeah, perfect. You know, no issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do that. I use pasteurized egg white. Like I'll use like the one, you know, get at Costco and you get the big case. Yeah. yeah. I use those because you can actually throw those in a smoothie. They're pasteurized. You can drink them right out of the cart. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. there's nothing. So, you know, it's, so I use that, you know, for, for extra protein, like with one of my meals. Um, and I usually, I'll eat like two or three times. I'm trying to get to three, three meals a day. My, my daughter, who's really into nutrition has been like jumping my case about that, that I only eat twice and I fast. She's like, don't do that. Um, but I do eat pretty good meals, like pretty decent meals. But like I said, I mean, I, it's like eating fruits, vegetables, you know, uh, uh, carbo, you know, low glycemic carbohydrates or at least carbohydrates that are like single word ingredients. If you yeah. can, uh, bread's not, not as evil as everybody makes it out to be. I like Ezekiel bread myself. Um, yeah. There's, there's better, there's better, it's, you're not eating there's better choices, bread, you know? no, there's better yeah. choices, but I mean, you know, and there's like, nothing wrong with a sprouted grain bread, like an yeah. Ezekiel or a, yeah. You need a couple of slices a week. It ain't going to kill you. You know what I mean? Well, people, so, people, it drives me nuts when people demonize yeah. carbohydrates mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, and then the, the, the first thing out of the mouth is always pizza and donuts. It's like, dude, first of all, those are 50% right. fat and 50% carbohydrate, mainly mm-hmm. from processed sugar. sugar. Yeah. That's not a sweet potato. You no. know, that's, no, that's exactly. not a cup of brown rice or wild rice. You know, that right. is a different, that is a different animal. And what are carbohydrates? What's the root word of carbohydrate? Hydrate. Hydrate. Yeah. 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 They keep you right. hydrated and, and they're protein sparing. That means your protein's being used for recovery instead of energy, yes. you know? So, you know, it's like you know, all that someone's, you know, I, like I, I've done the paleo diet and I, I ate like that for a long time and it, and it's cool, but I just, but I don't think that grains are like the freaking devil they're they not, make them out to be. They're not you know? non-evil, you know, it's yeah. great if you're trying to sell like a keto book or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I mean, geez, I mean, if, if rice was bad for you, I mean, don't you think we'd see, you know, more fat people in like Japan and China yeah. where rice in is like Asia, a staple yeah. in their diet? Yeah, in Asia and the whole, the whole whole place. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Or like a potato. A potato's not going to hurt you. You know, you might like sweet potato, you might like a red potato. It doesn't freaking matter. There's um, a, uh, I forgot what book I was, I think it might've been the blue zones or something, but there's a small Island off the coast of Okinawa where like something like 80% of their calories are this like purple sweet potato. Yeah. You know, that that's like a yeah. huge staple in their diet. And mm-hmm. these people are some of the healthiest people on the, on the planet. And yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can getting... like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, and you could find all kinds of like, we, we tried my, my daughter and I tried uh golden beets mm. and see like a person, I won't eat a beet, like a regular beet anymore. I won't do it. Cause I had, it gave me a scare because like the normal scare they give people. And I ended up getting a colonoscopy over the whole thing. It cost me a thousand dollars on every red beat again. Okay. <laughs> so everything's fine. It's, but a, it's, everything's it's a great fine. way to check how regular. Yeah. You are, really. Yeah. Everything's fine. But you know, it cost me a lot of money to eat that freaking thing. So, you know, yeah. but, um, but no, they, there's a thing like a golden beet and they're really good. Just boil them up and eat them. But, but my point is you could try different things. You know, you'd be surprised for how many things you like. Like I started eating Brussels sprouts this year. I used to never eat Brussels sprouts. And I eat, I love them. Yeah. No, I love them. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you just gotta be willing to try it. Now I did buy the Gracie diet book. And the reason I'm going into this discussion is because I bought the book. I haven't, I, I've, I've gone through the chart and I've looked at the, 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 the pairings. And I basically yeah. do the pairings they suggest within reason. There's a couple of couple of no-nos I've done that they say are no-nos. Although I don't really feel like they're that big of a deal. Like 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 crushing up some almonds and putting in my oatmeal. You're not supposed to do that. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, whatever. My, my problem with the whole thing and the reason why I bought the book, I was listening to Horian on a podcast, and he was saying, oh, it's just about 
the foods you can buy. Like you can't have two starches in one meal. In other words, you can eat all the hamburgers you want or all the French fries you want, but you just can't eat them together in the same meal. That's the problem. And I'm thinking, no, that's not the same. That's not the problem. I mean, if you go and eat a bunch of French fries, how do you think you're going to look? Or how do you think your body's going to react to that? That doesn't make sense to me. So I decided I'm going to read the book just to get the whole understanding of what he's saying and then go from there. And maybe, you know, you and I can discuss it later if you want to or whatever. But I I think it's, I think there's some fallacy in some of that. I mean, I I think nutrition does become overcomplicated. And there was a, I think it was Michael Pollan. Mm -hmm. Um, He he wrote a, he wrote a book and I I think I watched a documentary that, that he talked where he was trying to research, like, you know, what what the healthiest way to eat was. And he said, Mm -hmm. after he looked over all the information he looked over everything. He was like, here's what I came up with. He said, he said, eat food, you know, meaning whole mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. eat food, mostly plants, not too much. You know, he said, see, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, because he's, he's, he's looking at health and longevity mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He goes, that's what I, I'm like, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, it, 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 it avoids dogma, mm-hmm. you know, it's rooted in, in real nutritional science, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's simple, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what people need simple. Yeah. It's like, it's like Jim Wendler said, um, you know, he's like, you don't, you, you know, he goes, when you're watching like an episode of like my 600 pound life or something like that, mm-hmm. he goes, when they remove that wall and pull that person out, they're not surrounded by a bunch of banana peels and apple cores, you know, right. <laughs> they're right. surrounded by junk food wrappers and, and, right. and fast food boxes and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the point being, man, if you just eat, you know, the fewer the steps it takes from the, from the original source to the mouth, the better it is for you. Right. How yep. simple is that? Yep. And people, and I think people know what they're supposed to eat and not eat. They just, it's just personal choices. It's no, you, I mean, what do, do you want to give eat, Do you want to eat a plain sweet potato or do you want to throw a whole stick of butter in a coffee? You, you know, right. I mean, yeah, I, I want the butter coffee. But even That's that, awesome. I, have, you know? you, have you ever done that? The bulletproof coffee? No, I, uh, you know what I, I had, I, I was vegan before uh, I, that kind of came around. Mm-hmm. So I did try the coconut oil, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it cleaned me out pretty quick. Yeah. See, I have never done bulletproof coffee. I've never done MCT oil. I've never done any of that. I just, I like my coffee with my heavy, I put a heavy whipping cream in my coffee and a packet of a stevia and I'm good. And I might try monk fruit. I saw yeah, that. Mark, monk fruit's really good. Mark, Mark uh, who was it? Mark, Mark uh, Sison. I saw him on a YouTube video the other day and he was talking about his diet for a day. And it's really simple. It was like a cup, big cup of coffee in the morning. And then he had about 1231. He had a piece of salmon and a, and a, moderate salad and then in the evening you had a steak and some vegetables and, and yeah maybe one and that, or two glasses in, wine. that guy's yeah. in unbelievable shape man mm-hmm. i mean you know for his age and stuff he looks yeah. great he's fit yeah yeah, yeah. he's you know, he's really fit and he works out a lot and you know i mean i i don't know if i want to adopt that eating pattern again that's basically what i did before but yeah. I, I don't think i don't think that that was sustained five six days of jujitsu a week and that's the difference I really think you energy have to have expenditure, carbs. Yeah. You have to have energy carbs. expenditure and carbs are mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're, they're, it's what the body it's like, it's putting, it's putting like high octane gas in a sports car. You know, mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. the car, our body wants to burn carbohydrate. It's yeah. preferred to burn carbs in the presence of everything. Our body will burn carbohydrate first. It'll burn, you know, wants mm-hmm. glycogen. So why would we restrict that if we're trying for physical output? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just make, just make smart choices. Yes. Eat good foods and make smart yep. choices and your body will, will love you for it. And, you know, and the thing is too, is people will say, oh, carbs, this carb, do that. 
I wanted, like I said, I won the paleo diet. I lost all that weight. I went from two or two forty to what I'm one seventy now. Yeah, and, and I keep it off eating lots of carbs. Right. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's I'm, it's I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. Carb carbs are a staple in my. Yeah, diet. I know. I'm sure you eat tons of carbs. But but I also look at it like too like like uh, whole whole food. <laughs> Um, like even oatmeal, we'd probably call that a carbohydrate if we're talking about macronutrients. Yeah, I would. Still five I would grams, yeah, yeah. There's five grams of protein. There is. You know, there's five grams of protein. You know, bro- broccoli gets mm-hmm. 50% of its calories mm-hmm. from protein. It's just mm-hmm. not dense calories. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what, nine calories per serving or something mm-hmm. like that. So you have proteins, carbs, and fats in pretty much everything that you eat, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I try not to get too hung up on the macros as long as I know I'm getting enough protein to cover mm-hmm. my my recovery and, and kind of what I need. I don't get too hung up on you know and how you many do, carbs and all that stuff. And you do like you do like protein powders and all that too, like green beret. I, I, do, I yeah. do for tra- I, I do for training, like around okay. training. I I really <laughs> like it. I really like liquid um, nutrition around training, um, mm-hmm. just because it's easily digestible. I've got mm-hmm. it at the gym usually because mm-hmm. I'm going from like jujitsu to lifting to a client. So mm-hmm. I love to have that post-workout protein drink right there. Mm-hmm. But then throughout the day, you know, I'm eating things like uh, tofu, tempeh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll eat a little bit of seitan, uh, mm-hmm. nuts and seeds, nut butters, um, quinoa. You know, I mean, I do mm-hmm. beans, legumes. You know, I, I just, I, I get enough food that's got protein in it, you know, that, that or higher concentrations of protein for plant mm-hmm. foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never... Never. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting to waste and wither away like everybody said it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure this, this might actually be an interesting conversation for a lot of people who might listen to this because like you're, you, you're given the vegan side. We're both jujitsu. We both like to lift weights. We're both active people. We're both in, you know, middle aged or whatever you want to call it. Okay. But it's like the only difference in our diets really is that I eat animal meat and you don't. Yeah. That's the only difference. You know, yeah. and those are just personal choices and we respect each other for those choices. And it's like, you know, yeah, absolutely. whatever, you know, it's like, it just, it just is what it is. So, but other than that, we eat the same foods, everything, everything you're describing. Like, I mean, I like tofu. I don't eat it all the time. Um, I don't think I've ever had tempeh, um, but uh, I went through a phase where I was starting to try to eat vegan for a little bit and I didn't get as far as eating tempeh. I, I, I was eating like um, chickpeas and tofu and, um, beans and things like that for protein sources but i mean yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's and it's a uh you know i i know of some people who aren't vegan but they'll eat more plant-based like they'll mm-hmm. maybe take mm-hmm. like a day a week and mm-hmm. eat you know plant-based because they feel it helps them with their digestion a little bit better yeah you know they, they, they find if they they eat especially like like red meat or something really mm-hmm. heavy mm-hmm. if they get too if they start eating that too often too much they just feel it kind of bogs them down right. whereas if they take like maybe maybe they eat plant-based all day and then maybe they eat meat at dinner or maybe they take like a day a week where they go, you know, totally plant-based for that mm-hmm. day or whatever. They feel like it, it, it impacts their digestion in a really positive way. And, and I have done that where I won't eat meat at every meal. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I mean, when I was bodybuilding and powerlifting, hell yeah, I ate meat several times it's a different. day. Yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different, but I don't do that anymore. It's like, uh, you know, there might have meals where I don't have a, you know, an animal product in it or whatever. And it's fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's all good. It's like, like you said, you're still getting protein from other sources. You can get it from, you know, things like peanut butter and well, that's uh, the thing. Like, all the other like things protein, we said earlier. 
proteins, it's the, the body needs amino acids, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't need meat because if the body <laughs> needed meat, I'd be dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it needs amino acids and you can get those, they're, they're abundant in plants. So you just have mm-hmm. to do your homework a little bit. You got to understand, you know, where the, you know, the, the, the sources and eat mm-hmm. some variety and stuff like that, but it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, but, but, but if you're, if you're going to eat a healthy omnivorous diet, it still requires a little bit of planning and understanding, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like you just go out and eat, you know, double whoppers with cheese from Burger King. That's not healthy. You know right, I mean? It's right. not the same as eating, eating a, a game meat or something like that, or a wild caught mm-hmm. fish or something, mm-hmm. you know I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, quality, it's quality. It's the quality of the yes. product you're eating. Exactly. And you know, what you're, you know, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I buy into, oh, it's not what you're, it's like the, the whole, again, going back to the whole combination thing where, you know, I remember Joe Rogan made a comment one time about how, oh, eating meat's okay, but it's when you eat it with like bread or like like a burger, that's where you yeah. go wrong. And it's like, eh, I don't know, are you? I mean, does that really happen? It's, I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly don't understand where that, and I, I heard that, I even heard that back like early on and when I was interested in bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, yeah, you can eat protein and carbs, just don't eat them together. You know, eat, eat your fish at one meal and your car in your rice mm-hmm. at a different meal or mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm like, I, I, bodybuilders since the dawn of time have been eating tuna and rice, tuna and rice, tuna and rice. Yeah. You know I mean? like, like, don't they say too, that like you eat a carbohydrate by itself and it, and it jacks up your, your insulin level. Yeah. And, and all and that when, stuff, yeah. You know? Remember like, when, when that was all the rage, like yeah. the, 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 uh, paying attention to the GI, uh, or, or what, mm-hmm. what do they call it? The GI index or whatever. Yeah. The glycemic index. Glycemic. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. The glycemic mm-hmm. index. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that the whole thing was like, if you take a, you know, if you take a fast burning carbohydrate, you mm-hmm. can change the glycemic index of that food by combining it with protein and fat. So mm-hmm. combining the foods was, and they were saying that was a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like I remember the amount, like if you ate a rice cake by itself, it was very high glycemically, but if you put peanut butter on that rice cake, it would be an acceptable mm-hmm. glycemic index, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. so it's like, which is it, <laughs> you know? Well, even going back to your, or, well, even going back to your example about rice and, and Asian cultures, I mean, like, like, like in Japan, I love sashimi and sushi you're eating protein with a car with, with, with a carbohydrate. And I don't see a lot of people getting fat on eating sushi. I mean, so, you know, I, I think that's, I think people say that kind of stuff because they're trying to push their agenda in their own, yes. you know, their, their, their carnivore thing, whatever the hell, whatever kicked it on at the time, you know, carnivore, paleo, whatever they're doing. And that's, you know, and I know he did that for a while and he got great results from it. You know, he got sure. jacked and rips, but you know, but they you know what that is, is, People, people tell me that my immediate reaction is no, it wasn't the carnivore diet that did it. It wasn't the paleo diet. It was the fact that you reduced your calories below your maintenance level. Yes. And what did and, you eliminate? Yes. Yeah. That's why. And that's how I lost the weight. I've on the paleo diet and I did it. I initially did it because I bought into the, I bought, I drank the Kool-Aid and I bought into the, I bought into the story or, you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 the arguments. And later on, I sort of realized uh, maybe it's sort of BS. Cause you look at you know, like the vegan or the or the vegetarian side, and they're saying all the same stuff that the carnivore and the paleo guys are saying. They're just yeah. reversing the the, the 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 materials they're building off of, right? Exactly. So, and then I realized it's like you know, you lost all that weight. You didn't lose it because you went on a particular diet. You lost it because you eliminated carbohydrates and grains from your diet, believing that that's was a bad thing. But really, all you did is you eliminated those calories. Yes. So you 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 I, I reduced my 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 caloric uh, i created a caloric deficit and that's why i lost all the weight and that's why i can still keep it off because i'm active enough that i have a deficit or at least at a maintenance level where i don't gain weight or lose weight yes and and, and same with like you know 
like, uh, you know, people, they lose weight so easily when they go on a plant-based diet because mm-hmm. whole plant foods are calorically sparse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If you're eating like these designer, you know, vegan foods and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, mm-hmm. these, these processed foods, you're going to be, you're going to be putting away calories, man. It's, it's yeah. easy to be a junk food vegan, but if you're eating rice mm-hmm. and spinach and beans and, mm-hmm. you know, these high fiber, you know, low calorie foods, you're going to be able to eat a lot of that crap and lose weight because it's so calorically sparse. Again, mm-hmm. what have you done? You found a way to easily reduce your calories while still saying, while still saying satiated. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the thing. You're not starving all the time because you're eating all this bulk, this fiber that's filling mm-hmm. you up, but it's mm-hmm. at a low calorie. It's, it's a low caloric expense, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it drives me nuts. Like I, I had so many people that would, you know, always be like, Oh, I got to get back on keto. It's like, well, what, what, what do you like about the keto diet? I'd always ask them. They said, well, when I cut out all those carbohydrates, the brain fog goes away and I, I feel better. I'm like, what are you cutting out? And it's always the same shit. It's always mm-hmm. junk food. Mm-hmm. It's always cupcakes and cookies mm-hmm. and, and pizza and donuts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I've never had somebody tell me that, uh, I, I you know, I, I, I cut out that the, those spinach salads and those mixed berries and man, I just feel so much better. Yeah. When <laughs> I write an like, apple, I feel horrible. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, you eliminated, you eliminated junk mm-hmm. food. Of course mm-hmm. you're going to feel better. Yeah. You know, you cut out all the junk, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if that's, that's, that's what takes you to do it, then right on, you know, that's, that's certainly better than eating the standard American diet, mm-hmm. but don't demonize, you know, plant foods because they got carbohydrates in them mm-hmm. when, you know, somebody's going to argue and, and tell you that a bowl of mixed berries is unhealthy because it's fruit and fruit sugar. It's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. That, that's just fucking bullshit. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a nonsense. It's like being a bowl of berries is not bad for you. It'd probably be in better fact, for you than most Everybody things. probably should eat a bowl of berries every day, you know, for health purposes. You know? Antioxidants. Yes. I mean, I, I, I throw a handful of blueberries in my oatmeal every day. Yeah, yeah. So Antioxidants. Good for you, man. It works. It so works great. You. Yeah. I put, uh, and that's the thing is you could take these things, you can make them taste good. You know, I, I found, I can't remember it off the top of my head, uh, but I found like this brown sugar substitute on Amazon that my daughter found and we tried it and it tastes awesome and it's zero calorie and it's all natural. And I throw that in my oatmeal and I put some, I smash up some almonds and I throw that in and some blueberries and maybe a banana or whatever. And, and it's like, you know, double serving of oatmeal, I do like 60, you know, 80, 80 dry grams and, uh, and it tastes awesome. And I have that with a, you know, like a cup of egg whites and a couple whole eggs and for my first meal. And it's a great meal and it keeps me, yeah. you know, saturated. saturated. Well, a lot, a lot of, a lot of high quality nutrients and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I eat that. It's the first thing I eat after, after I train, you know, and well, you yeah. know, I, I think if people focus more on nutrient, nutrient quality, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that would be the biggest thing right there. Just right. focus on the high, the, the higher, the nutrient, you know, quality of the foods you're eating, the better off you're going to be. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. You know, it is, it is, it is just, it's just choices. It's just like push yourself away from the cupcakes and, and eat something out, eat a piece of fruit, you know? I mean, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, just saying like, and I think too, I would say for the average Joe, hopefully listening to my podcast, um, when you compete, don't, we're about dropping weight and all that nonsense. I've done that. I think we've all done that. Have competed. Have been doing this long enough. Um, it's 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 a it's it's a pain in the ass and it's a hassle and it's stressful and it and it's no fun. And you probably be better off just eat eat enough to make yourself feel good that you're recovering. And, and when you compete, just compete at your natural weight. 
whatever that is. Get healthy and mm-hmm. whatever that walking around weight mm-hmm. is, just stay there. Yeah. Like I, I used to see it in powerlifting too. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never competed in jujitsu and I, mm-hmm. I don't really plan to, but mm-hmm. with powerlifting, man, I had a lot of years competing in powerlifting and kettlebell mm-hmm. sport, man. You'd see these people doing these insane weight cuts. And it's like, mm-hmm. I thought we started powerlifting to get bigger and stronger. And everybody's mm-hmm. talking about how do I lose weight? How do I lose weight? It's like, mm-hmm. unless you're going for like, an all-time world record or like maybe your first elite total or something like that, you haven't earned the right to cut weight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. go up a weight class, mm-hmm. get bigger, get stronger. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. power lifting, you know? Right. Right. But yeah, but it, that's exactly it. It's the same thing out there for jujitsu. I mean, if the average person who's just competing for fun, you know, a hobbyist, you know, you know, amateur, you know, weekend warrior competitor, you know, yes. competes a couple times a year, just compete at your natural weight. Don't worry about be that. Be healthy. Don't like, cut weight and be exhausted and tired yeah, and set yourself yeah. up for injury and just not yeah. feeling good. You know, it's just again, it goes back to your why. Why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, if you're competing to test yourself, just go test yourself. Have fun. Exactly. You know, um, what else can we go over with that? With, 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 rec- I think we've hit all the points of recovery. I, I mean, in, in a nutshell, Recovery is not going overboard with your training, right? Mm -hmm. Finding Mm -hmm. a manageable intensity Mm -hmm. and volume of training that you Mm -hmm. can recover from, Mm -hmm. you know, to borrow Settledge's quote about, you know, do as much as you can and still recover from, you know, our Mm -hmm. training should enhance our jujitsu. It should Mm -hmm. not take away from it. Same with Mm jujitsu. Make sure that we're doing the right volumes and the right intensities with our Mm jujitsu nutrition, you know, make sure we're eating high quality nutrient dense diets doesn't matter how you want to eat or you know macros mm-hmm. whatever. just mm-hmm. focus on getting high quality nutrient dense foods while staying adequately you know, properly hydrated uh sleep consistent regular good sleep mm-hmm. and then exploring recovery measures things that help us de-stress things that help the body recover. And these would be the things that fall outside of, you've got things like recovery workouts and lower intensity type of training you could do mm-hmm. to help stimulate recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, right. If you're all beat up rather than take a day and just say, Hey, I'm going to lay down on the couch, go out for a walk for 30 mm-hmm. minutes, do some stretching, do some mm-hmm. yoga, you know, things like that. But then let's also explore the things that are accessible to easily accessible to us. Things that we can do as far as like contrast baths, ice mm-hmm. baths, you know, contrast showers, uh, heat, uh, massage, you know, maybe a massage gun, mm-hmm. uh, foam roller, just anything that we can do to help improve blood flow and tissue health. Mm-hmm. Uh, those should be explored. And, and then also practices like yoga and meditation mm-hmm. and breathing mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. These are all things that can be done outside of the gym that are done to enhance recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really that that's, that's it in a nutshell, man. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got, you got training, you've got nutrition, you've got sleep, and then you've got stress management and tissue health practices, mm-hmm. you know, and, and finding y- your right balance. And it's so hard to blanketly say everybody mm-hmm. should do this because not everybody should do that. Not everybody mm-hmm. needs the same things. Mm-hmm. Some people can train a little bit harder, more frequently, even mm-hmm. older guys, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they've built that capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who's just starting training, like in their late thirties, early forties, mid forties, Mm-hmm. They might not be able to train five, six days a week. They might have mm-hmm. to build up, you know, to a certain level. Mm-hmm. So making sure that ultimately whatever you do, you have to have the ability to recover from it. Mm-hmm. That is what's going to dictate your training volume, your mm-hmm. intensity, your training frequency and, mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only thing that, that popped in my head while we were having this discussion at the very end is the idea of that even when you do strength training for jujitsu or whatever, you should not walk out of that workout feeling smashed. Absolutely not. Yeah, you should not. You should actually feel better than you walked in. 
You should feel, yeah, you should yeah. feel amped up. You should feel yeah. stimulated. You should yeah. feel like you, you should almost feel like you want to go train. Right. Right. It's just in, in the whole purpose of doing it is to keep yourself in one piece and to, to hopefully prevent injury and keep your, you know, your, your GPP up and your strength and bullet bulletproof in the body, man. That's it. That's it. Well, Scott, another excellent conversation on a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, dude. Thank you. And you, uh, you changed to see you're, you're still on Facebook at Scott Shetler and then you changed your Instagram to at S Shetler fitness. Yep. And then okay. I still got my gym Instagram, which is EPTS gym. There you go. Yes. And you, uh, and then you're still, your, your training information is still Scott at EPS, EPTS gym.com. Yep. Yeah. That's my email. Okay. And that's also my, uh, my website is eptsgym.com. And of course that links to everything. I'm, I'm actually also working on my, uh, personal website, scottshetler.com. Um, but that, that, that should be online soon, but yeah, if they go to my website, they can get access to all my, you know, really I'm mostly, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You put up a lot of great stuff on Instagram. Looking forward to Wednesday's post. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Get that uh, max effort upper body post yeah, for you. So get that going. Uh, but yeah, you gave me a lot to a uh, lot, lot of homework and lots of things to think about too. It was a good, it was a great conversation. I, I oh, thank yeah. you for coming thanks, back. Thanks man. And, and, and thanks for keeping to do these shows. I, I really, uh, I, I try to listen to them as much as I can. You've got some mm-hmm. great guests on here mm-hmm. and I just love, uh, you know, just love the the content and how it applies to the average Joe, the man. Average guy, I mean, yeah. that, that's what we're not all, you know, training for uh, ADCC yeah. and, you know, world champion stuff. So it's yeah. like it, championships and stuff. It's like, you know, this is just as our daily, you know, training's like brushing our teeth, man. You right. know what I mean? And it's, it's like something we do daily and it's mm-hmm. nice hearing from people in that same regard because it's information that applies to us. Absolutely. It's real. It's real. It's not yes. like, you know, it's, it's attainable and it's, and it's something, something you can relate to. Yeah. I mean, it's fun, it's fun to go yeah. listen to Gordon, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, but, but mm-hmm. it's like, we're, we're not Gordon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> nope. Not even close. Uh, but anyway, Scott, awesome. We're going to, you got to have to come back we'll have to figure out something else to talk about. And uh, absolutely, man. And, we'll and you know, I mean, if, if you, if you get any questions, you know, from people mm-hmm. that listen to the shows and yeah. stuff like that, those are things that we could address too. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If anybody has any questions, you know, you can shoot them off to me on my Instagram, uh, at average show jujitsu podcast, or, uh, even my other one, Craig Cordy, my, 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 uh, personal, um, you can also leave uh, comments on the YouTube channel. Um, press like and subscribe. And I've never said that before, but I just did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you can do that, we, you know, it helps, helps us out and keep, keep doing this kind of stuff. We appreciate it. And, uh, but yeah, if you have any questions, you know, shoot them out there and, you know, and if Scott doesn't see them, I'll forward them to Scott and Scott can answer them and we can go from there. Sounds good. Man. All right. Okay. Have a great night. Thanks again, man. Thank you. All right.